So how often are you going to be planning on doing these shows? At least once a week. Once a week? Is a guest every time, I, right? right? Yep. Daddy is done doing the solo podcast thing. Yeah, it's got to be difficult. It is. I'm just tired of hearing myself talk to myself. All right. <clears throat> this is like the tradition of all podcasts. Before they go on the... I'm going to cheers to the camera. Do you like how you look? Yeah, I think so. I think I look all right. Yeah. yeah. Angle good? Um, yeah. I the mean, only time you'll really like look at the camera is like just introduce yourself. 100%. Other than that, it's just Do we want... I feel like you got the door and everything behind me. Is that all? So it'll probably... It'll be cropped out. Okay. I didn't know if you... You know. I just feel like there's a lot going on. Is that better? Should I move more to the right, or am I still in it no, in frame? Whenever I go to like put together, I'll be on the left and you'll be on the right. Mm, got it like that. Okay. Cool. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> I have to look at a camera for the first time to do this. I've never recorded myself doing a podcast. Well, that's what we were joking about. We were like, well, me and me and Pat were talking about yesterday. If off of the next skit, we got to get you in front of the camera. Oh God, no <laughs> one be- needs that. <laughs> Yo, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to the talk with Murphy Wells. I am, of course, him. And welcome to our inaugural episode. For those of you who are a listener or a fan of the heavily infrequent, can we talk about this with Murphy Wells? I made the executive decision to retire it. Because at the end of the day, I just can't keep talking to myself about current events and politics. And so I thought about what really is driving me right now. And that's business. Um, I myself started my business, Paradigm Media Solutions, a little under a year ago, where I help people effectively tell their story. And that's kind of the idea of what the talk is all about. I am someone who very much... I'm someone who is very much a storyteller. I go to great lengths to tell my own story. And where I am in business is I'm starting to write the second year, the second chapter of my story. But I figured the best way that I could do that is by finding other people, people who I'm close to, people who I do business with, and people whose stories I want to be told and give them a platform to do so. So here, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about people's journeys in business, what it means to be an entrepreneur and sometimes an intrapreneur. And lastly, give them a free platform to tell their story just as it should be told. And today, here in my home, we are actually here with the man who sold it to me. This guy is one of my favorite people to deal with on a daily basis. I I get to see him multiple times a week. I get to text him every day. He sold me this beautiful house at a crazy, crazy deal. He is someone who I have the pleasure of calling a friend and a client who I've been humbled by multiple times in jujitsu, a purple belt himself, and who I would consider the top real estate agent here in St. Louis, Mr. Zach Vegas. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that, buddy. Every single yeah. one of them was earned. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I'm honored for you to have me on for your uh, first episode for, for the, of the talk with Murphy Wells. And uh, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of podcasts, but this is the first time I've ever been on one. So I'm excited, uh, excited to be here and excited to be on the show. Share with the people how many uh, minutes you have logged of Joe Rogan this week. <laughs> yeah, so Spotify Raps just came out, and uh, like I've been a longtime podcast listener, and uh, you know I think I Spotify was like twenty five thousand hours of JRE this past year. So I mean that's only like one of 
many podcasts that I listen to. So, I mean, I listen to that. I listen to a lot of real estate related podcasts. There's a couple of jujitsu related podcasts. There's just a couple like MMA and, you know, just other random shit that I like that mm-hmm. I watch on a weekly basis. So definitely a uh, big consumer of podcasts and, you know, I've always wanted to be on one. So I appreciate you having me on. Of course. Well, your camera's recording. Right? I, I don't know. How do I? Okay. I don't see the light. I, I mean, that one doesn't have one. Okay. Okay, cool. I just, yeah, I'm not sure. All right. We didn't, that didn't happen. Yeah. We'll edit that out. So when it comes to podcasting, Zach actually was happy to tell me or reveal to me that this is the first podcast he's ever been on. Is this true? This is true. First one I've ever been on. Yeah. It's crazy because I have talked about ad nauseum on the old podcast (laughs) that everybody these days has a project going, but it's just like when it comes to having something to talk about, I figured that most of the people, most people just don't know what to talk about. They want to get on and riff about life. They think that's what Joe Rogan's doing, but you are such a specialist whenever it comes to real estate. I thought this only made sense for two reasons. One, because like you are one of the most authoritative people I know in their own industry. There's no one who I would go to for real estate advice before you in my personal life. But the other thing is this, is that like, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I literally just forgot what I was going to say. It'll come back to me in a second. Um, but because of the nature of, but also because of the nature of what we do for work, because I help produce your content. Mm-hmm. If you don't know who the guy is, if you if you follow Zach and you don't know who the guy is who's asking him questions from behind the camera, it's me. Yeah, it's me. And so I thought it'd be cool to bring it to the front of the camera today to actually put my mug on this thing. Hopefully, hopefully these don't break. Yeah. No, you look great. <laughs> I appreciate it. But no, so tell a little bit. So the idea really is here is telling people your story and kind of getting them to tell the story of your business. And so, if you wouldn't mind, give us a brief synopsis of what it means to be Zach, what industry you're in, and uh, what keeps you in that industry. Yeah, so um, I you know, I spent about almost 10 years in the, the restaurant industry before, before I got into real estate. Um, I worked at, you know, like first watch, which is like a breakfast, you know, breakfast brunch place. I worked there for a number of years, worked in a number of pizza places, um, opened up a barbecue restaurant here. I worked at a couple barbecue restaurants here in town. And then I ended up opening up one with a friend, um, you know, ended up kind of parting ways after a few years, um, and then shortly after, after I left there, I was kind of lost and I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, I wa- went and worked for, um, an electric company here in town for a little bit, thought maybe, you know, I'd be an electrician. I was, I, you know, at the time, I think I had flipped one or two houses with my dad and, uh, you know, I got, got to be kind of handy. And then we, when we did the restaurant, I, you know, I basically spent about a year doing construction with that. So, you know, I had a little bit of experience with, you know, the trades and stuff. So I thought maybe I would be an electrician or, or something like that. But, um, so that's what I went and worked there. But shortly after working there, after talking to the guys that were in their like forties and fifties, they all just really didn't really seem to love what they were doing every day. And I was Mm -hmm. like, all right, well, that's my future. If I, if this is what I decide to do and, uh, you know, I don't really like the way that that looks. So, um, my grandma, um, she's 84 years old. 
or 83 or 84, um, still a licensed agent. Um, her and my grandpa had a very successful real estate business um, for, for a number of years, like 40-something years. And, um, you know, my grandpa passed away a couple of years ago, but my grandma's, you know, still with it. And she still, you know, does a handful of deals a year. Um, you know, people that have, you know, been coming to her for years still, still use her. And uh, she talked me into getting my real estate license. And, uh, you know, so I did that in, that was, I got, I finally got my license in September of 2019. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I went from there to, I, I went, I ended up going back and waiting tables at first watch while, um, while I was like, well, I can kind of work less hours and, and make more money waiting tables than I could at the, uh, uh, you know, at, at the electric place that I was working. And, uh, and so I, that's what I did. I went went back there while I kind of tried to figure out the real estate thing and kind of get that off the ground. Um, but I was working with my grandma, who, like I said, was, you know, in her early 80s. So she, you know, was still doing things, um, you know, very old school, still handwriting contracts, mm-hmm. still, um, you know, so I, I kind of, I knew, I knew that there was a more modern way to do this and uh, <laughs> ended up, yeah, ended up meeting my, my buddy Connor um, in jujitsu and he got me in touch with one of his good friends, Alex, uh, Alex Fairbanks. And, uh, he kind of took me under his wing and like really showed me the way and showed me how to, how to do real estate. And at the time, Alex had just moved out to California. Mm -hmm. Um, but he, you know, he, he had, he had just, he went to college at SIUE here in town or over in Edwardsville. So it's not far from here. Um, but then he was living in St. Louis for a number of years and was a licensed agent for about six years, making, you know, good money. And, um, very successful with Sotheby's here in town. And then he had an opportunity to move to Sacramento, California with his, uh, to move in with his real estate coach, which, you know, it's kind of weird. Um, but, um, you know, Paul, I ended up meeting Paul and Paul's a super awesome guy. He's uh-huh. helped me out a ton, but it was just at the time I thought that was kind of strange. And I had never actually met Alex in person, but we mm-hmm. talked every day on the phone. He was kind of really showing me the ropes and I eventually like, got a pl- got a flight and flew out there and you know met up with and stayed basically like 4 days with them and they kind of like showed me what what a day in the life of being a realtor is and I was like okay you know I saw that and I was like this is cool you know these guys are this is fun like I really like you know what these guys are all about and um you know it's they're the potential for you know, I mean, essentially your, you know, your limit for income is, you know, pretty much unlimited, you know, it's your, that you can sell as many houses as you can. I mean, it's, it's hard, you're totally rewarded for the amount of work you put in. And that's what I really like about it. And, um, so, you know, met up with them. I really, I came back after that and that was like January or it was like late January of 2020. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, was kind of implementing everything that I learned from them and, um, you know, Alex and I, Alex kind of took me over under his wing and like coached me. And then, um, March of 2020 happened. So, um, <laughs> everything shut down. And I, at the time I was still waiting tables. That's what was like my source of income at the time. Um, but that was, you know, shut off. So then I was like, all right, I was like, we're all stuck at home, but I mean, I could still make phone calls. I could still do every, you know, I could technically, I could still go out and show houses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up just, I was like, all right, well, I can't be, I can't wait tables. So I'm just going to start, you know, treating this like a job and working. Write it out. Yeah. Eight to 10 hours a day, making calls, you know, like making, you know, starting doing a little bit of social media here and there, you know, just kind of doing all the shit, learning really more than anything. And, uh, and then, you know, 
I ended up closing a couple deals in the first few months. And uh, when everything opened back up in, I want to say it was July, June, or like late June, early July of 2020, I ended up going back to First Watch for like a week or two, but then I, they were just yelling at me because I was on my phone all the time. Um, and uh, how dare you take a deal right now? Right, one hundred percent. I'm like, I'm like, I got you know, if, if I close this house, this is five grand, or I get five bucks for serving these omelets. You know, it's a five dollar tip. You know, if, if I go take this two top, you know, I'm like, fuck. You know, I got five grand if I if I if I sell this, you know, two fifty, or I get. Fucking, I'm gonna get a ten percent tip yeah, on this two hundred dollar table exactly, over here and know? be told be happy about it. Exactly. So I, uh, you know, so eventually, you know, I, I, at the time I'd closed a few deals. I think me and Gina had, you know, three or four months of bills like kind of saved up at the time. So I was like, all right, honey, you know, I think if I, uh, I was like, we're, you know, we're in a good. I mean, we, you know, we're good for the next three months for sure. Um, but I was like, if I keep going and doing this, I think I'll still keep closing deals and progressing and getting better at it, you know, just have some faith in me here. And, uh, and, and we, she did, and that's what we did. So I, uh, you know, then I kind of, I quit first watch and quit waiting tables in the restaurant industry and just kind of went all in on real estate in July of 2020. And then, yeah, my first year. Um, so Alex and I were kind of like, he was still trying to run his business here. So we were kind of 50, 50 basically on most of his deals. So like if, if it was a client, that he would be taken care of if he was in town. Mm-hmm. We were like 50, 50 on it. So, cause he was, I was still learning. I was still learning all the, you know, all the lingo, all the, all the contracts, all the kind of the process and kind of getting through it. And, um, so that first deal, him and I closed, I did 32 deals my first year, 32 closings, 16 of those were with Alex. And then the other 16 were by myself. Real quick. What do you, what is the average, if you know, for first year agents? I don't know. I, I feel like it's less than 10. I feel like, I feel like the, I think the average agent does like, like the average, and this is in cal- like including the people that are doing like a shitload. And then the people that have their license and do like two a year, you know, like, you know, soccer mom, Susie, that they got a real estate license a couple years ago and does like a couple deals a year. Um, you know, which there's a lot of that out. There's a lot of like part-time people. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think the average is like 10 homes a year or something. So you did 30, you tripled that. I think so. Yeah. I think I, you know, I could be off on that stat, but I heard that. I heard that at some point, And so that's, I'm just repeating it. But yeah, I think it's but like it's 10 not a year. an average thing that people would sell 32 homes in their first year. No, I don't think so. <laughs> just um, wanted to point that yeah, out. Yeah. Most people I've told that they, they seem a little like impressed. It's kind of like a flex, I suppose. I think that's the first time you've told me that. Um, yeah. And then I've, I've done more every year since, you know, I think that first, those, those first, that first year. So, but, you know, a lot of those were split with Alex, um, you know, but it was a great, it definitely like accelerated me because man, this just like anything else is like, you know, the more reps you do, the better you get at it. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just reps, you know, the more, you know, I feel like I still learn something from, from every sale, you know, every single thing I feel like I learned like a little learning lesson. Like I had a closing last week that was just a you know shit show you know the day before closing and okay well we're not doing that anymore you know it was just (laughs) uh you know we ended up making it work out but at the time i was like god damn it we're never doing it this way ever again um you know we this could easily be avoided so i learned you know and Mm -hmm. uh yeah it's it's great but um yeah i did 32 that first year i think i did like 36 the next 38 last year and then this year my goal was 50 um, 
but looks like I'm going to come up a little bit short of that. I've closed 42 so far and I've got another like four on the hook, you know, four, three, three or four, three scheduled to close before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a handful of active listings and handful of buyers I'm working with right now too. So, I mean, who knows? I could close out a couple more before, but unlikely. <laughs> I think it's very refreshing to hear that you're hungry to help a certain number of people every year. And I think that's a very important point for our listeners to take away from this is that you set a bar that you had to reach. For most people, I believe that the idea of selling one house is a ridiculous feat that they can't comprehend everything that goes into it. I mean, I remember the first time that we did this, the first time of what will be many, and I was kind of taken aback by what the process looked like, but you simplified everything for me. And I think for most people, they are afraid to set a bar and especially set a high bar. But when it comes to what makes you believe in yourself that you can do it, when you tell the stories about being in a restaurant and working for tips and especially dealing with ungrateful people and managers who have no idea what you are dealing with outside of there and just how leveraged your attention is. I got PTSD flashbacks of every time I was in the weeds. Oh, yeah. Usually I was selling something else, though. So we'll (laughs) we'll get to that later. Yeah. I mean, waiting tables. That's a, I mean, you get get so many, I think that 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 industry helped what I do now so much, man. That was the point I was going to come to was when you think about the actual skills and the actual abilities you take, the reps you take from serving tables, because I can speak to it. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tit for tat every single one you say because I'm going to co-sign them. What do you think the most important takeaways were from waiting tables and the whole service industry that have helped you in real estate even till today? Hmm. There's two things I, I mean that come to my mind immediately. Um, the first one is like being able to just like have a conversation and make a friend of a perfect, perfect stranger. I mean, that's got to be the, the first and the thing that's helped me the most for sure. Just like being likable and, uh, you know, just, just being friendly, like reading someone and kind of, you know, and obviously you're not going to be, you're not going to make everybody your friend, but you know, like being able to just go up to a perfect stranger and have a conversation is what I've realized a, a difficult thing for a lot of people. Um, I think that doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. And I mean, it doesn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily say it comes like naturally to me, but like I've done it so many times that I don't even think about it anymore. You know, like, oh, that, that person, like, <laughs> you know, I feel like sometimes my senses are very heightened when people say like house or something like that or real estate, you know, I'm like, oh, get niche. I, yeah, well, I hear and I'm like, <laughs> huh, you know, well, I'm going to go talk to that guy, Squirrel. you know, like, oh, dude, like it happened in the sauna at like at the gym, like two weeks ago, like they were talking about it and they were talking about something about selling a house and I'm like sitting there and I had to chime in, of course, you know, <laughs> we're like, hey, we're sitting way. right next to me. We're both, you know shirtless sweating you know in a puddle underneath us of course i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about you know they're they're bringing up my, my, Sports my subject, by the way like, interest rates all right they're talking about something like that i can't even oh but oh yeah and then i ended up getting the guys you know we ended up chatting for like 30 minutes and you know i you know i got his number and we might you know do something down the line who knows you know but it's there's so many situations like that where i you think, made a friend yeah, you make a friend, you know, you just learn how to just talk to people and, you know, you, you, you read people, you know, a little bit, you yeah. know, you can kind of get their vibe. You can kind of like see if this is someone that, man, you struck out with me. 
What do you mean? I'm just giving myself shit. Oh. I'm just talking poorly about me. I'm saying, like, I got a bad vibe. I'm kidding. Oh, no, not at all. You're a good guy. Um, that and then, so t- being able to talk to people and, you know, make a conversation with a perfect stranger. And then the second thing I would say is just the ability to, like, handle stress and, like, your, because I mean, real estate's you know the stakes are a lot higher than a than a you know stack of pancakes and an omelet, you know, Cause like or a pizza or something, you know, like when you're doing real estate. So like you know things can get stressful, you know things get you know there's always risks associated with you know buying real estate, investing in real estate. There's always risk associated with it, and you know sometimes you know you things can happen where it's like, oh shit, this is, this could be bad, you know? And, you know, we try to always make it work out, but you know, things, sometimes things aren't always so pretty. Um, so, you know, you, well, and being able to manage like a lot of things at once is important. Like as my business has grown, like my attention is being pulled in like a thousand different directions at all times. And like being able to kind of manage that is, you know, it's definitely something I still struggle with, but, um, you know, doing that in the restaurant, I would say that is comparable, you know, something like that, like being in the weeds where you got, you know, you just got triple sat and, you know, it's a, you know, and you got to go greet three tables at once and get three drinks all at once and run Saturday three, night. you know, Saturday night, you know, and the lady down. at tables 33 is being a bitch because her, you know, there was, you know, a hair in her food and, you know, she's yelling at you or, you know, you got all these things that you deal with in a restaurant, but, um, you know, in real estate, it's, you know, an inspection came back rough or, you know, an appraisal came in low or, um, you know, the buyer decides to walk, Mm. you know, because, you know, their uncle told them that, you know, it wasn't a good deal or, you know, or interest rates. Yeah. You know, I'm going to wait for interest rates to drop or, um, you know, I literally talked to a guy yesterday about that. You know, he's like, ah, we're going to wait till they drop till next year. And I was like, bro, it's, that might be a, uh, you're, you might be shooting yourself in the foot because you know whenever interest rates do drop, you're gonna you're gonna be in a load of trouble, like because you know prices are only gonna go up just like they did in 2020 and 2021. So I think I think this is a really good time to like talk about some industry specific <laughs> stuff, but for the people at home, real quick, because when we think about humble beginnings, I believe that everyone who gets that experience of working in a restaurant in the service industry specifically. They understand what it means to get your hands dirty, to really be working a thankless job. Like working in service is one of the hardest, most thankless, most degrading things at times, but can be very rewarding. When you do that and you've been able to touch some of the numbers that you have in real estate and help the amount of people you have, because let's just say you you sold on average 35 houses a year. Well, then within these last four years, you would have sold 140 houses. That's ridiculous. But you can't just do that when conditions are quote unquote good. You have to learn to play with what the market gives you. It's just like learning how to like short trade. Just because markets are going down doesn't mean you can't make money off of it. So when you hear this idea of I'm going to wait till interest rates go down. Well, even me who has only bought one house but understands the psychology of buying and selling. If terms automatically become nice for everybody, why do you think you stand a chance? Can you speak on that kind of psychology for a minute? 
man, I, you know, I, I just think it's people, you know, wanting to afford more, you know, cause they see that, you know, when interest rates drop from 7% to five something, then they can, they can go from buying a, you know, a $200,000 house. And so now we can afford a 275, you know, and it's, we can afford more and buy more, but what they don't, you know, they don't, they don't, because most of these people that are probably saying this have never bought a house or they, you know, don't really understand the basic economics of supply and demand that you just stated, you know, like when, 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 you know, conditions are good and everybody can buy, you know, that's only going to make prices go up. And, you know, and advice that I give anybody right now is, I mean, I would get in, I would buy sooner when interest rates are, are what they are currently, because, you know, if you buy it at a lower price now, you can always refinance whenever, you know, whenever rates drop to what, you know, whenever rates drop to be more favorable, I mean, you can, you know, explore refinancing and see what that looks like. Cause that might, you know, that's probably, if, if that, if that's your issue, but you know, I also wouldn't advise anybody to, to buy something that's going to put them in an uncomfortable position, you know? So like, if you can't, you know, if you, if, if every month you pay in that monthly payment is something you're worried about, then I don't advise you buy that house. You know, like you need to be very comfortable with that payment and, you know, like that's just something that you need to be comfortable with. And, um, you know, if you can't do that, then I would not advise you buy a house right now. But if you can, like if it's, if it's affordable now, it's only going to be more affordable whenever interest rates drop and you, and you can do, and you can refinance, you know, cause like whenever I refinanced on, on the property that I was living at in 2020, you know, instead of, you know, I was very comfortable with what my payment was. And my, my payment's still that on, I still own that house to this day. Um, and, uh, I'm very, I was very comfortable at the time with what the, with the payment was. So we just kept the payment the same, but we ended up knocking, I want to say it was like 15 years off the loan Ooh. or, you know, like 12 years off the loan. Yeah. Still. Yeah. That's, 12 years off the loan. That's typically like half the term almost. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, I mean, it'll 40%. Be paid, that house will be paid off and, you know, the next, whatever 12 something years now you know we went from a 30-year mortgage to a 15 yeah mm-hmm. so it was it was i mean we, we kept the payment the exact same you know just because interest rates were were basically cut in half compared to what they were um so you know that is you know that that's really where it's at especially if you're gonna hold on to real estate long term which i think is a great investment you know if we look at you know real estate prices over time they're only going really in one direction you know there's a handful of times in history where they've where they've dropped but there's always a correction you know, and I think that speaks to a lot of different qualities. And there is not a group of professionals I know that stay ready more than real estate agents. <laughs> they the, the fact that they know their market so well is why so many of them do so well. But the thing is, is that you don't know everything. You can only read trends. You can only look back at what history gives you. And it's like I think most people have the idea that a house should be like the biggest expense in their life, but what you've been able to do in real estate is not just do well for yourself by selling people houses. You also own multiple properties. You help people like me get a new chance to look at real estate as an investment. Because when it comes to this place, I mean, I was blown away by the deal that you and um, who's our mortgage loan officer? Aaron Humble. Aaron Humble. Yeah. Aaron Humble. Great man. Yeah, great Sorry, team. I couldn't remember your name right there. But you guys made the process so easy and so clear to understand. And do you remember the the exact deal that we worked out for me to get into this house? Oh man, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, right. MHDC, um, 
Yeah, and you you, were, you ended up like getting a check at closing, didn't I you? I did. Yeah, I did. So <laughs> yeah. this this guy. So this is this fucking guy right here. This is the first. Yeah, we negotiated closing costs, right? Yeah. This I'm fucking guy that. right here. So I I I I give myself a little nickname. I'm last minute Murph. Typically, anywhere I show up, it is the last minute. I am not usually early to anything, and I'm free to admit it. It's just yeah. it's what it is. I can be a little unorganized. And I think I hit you up out of the blue at the end of 2021. It wasn't out of the blue. We had started to build our friendship. Yeah, through Cody and yeah, yes. everybody at First Form, yeah. Yep. And I was like, hey, I think I want to buy a house. I was literally mad at the time. Mm-hmm. I got real tired of having roommates and always doing everybody else's dirty dishes. Mm-hmm. I threw one too many fits. you know. Right. And I hit you up, and you took this, this kind of guy who was completely unprepared, and you just continued to build the friendship with me first, which I – Cannot recommend enough, no matter what industry you're in. But then in 2022, when a few things just started to change and I wanted to make some changes myself, you were able to not only give me a bunch of showings whenever I basically wanted them or needed them, but in terms of me not being prepared for closing costs, me needing to do an FHA instead of a conventional, those 3%. Mm -hmm. This guy not only got me down payment assistance, which is... I don't even know where the money came from, but someone ended up paying my down payment on the 3% for the FHA. Mm-hmm. We ended up negotiating closing costs, getting paid by the seller so that things could be brought up to code from my inspections and mm-hmm. we closed. Yep. So they did that for us. They paid all my closing costs. And then somehow, some way, the only thing I really had to pay was my earnest money fee mm-hmm. to the title company. And your inspections. My inspections. But then the mortgage company ended up giving me a check for two fifty somehow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. When it comes to being that skilled in your industry, what have been like the I guess the most important sources of information from you? Obviously, experience, but like fill us into like what oh, the education man. is for you because you can't just be okay at what you do and finagle a deal where your client ends up getting more money back. Yeah. Um, well, like, like, I mean, with your situation, that was, I mean, obviously the, that was a lot of Aaron. That was, I will say that was a lot of Aaron helping out with the loan and, and able to get you the down payment assistance and all that. So I'm not going to take credit for that. Cause that, that was definitely more yeah. his than, than mine. Okay. Um, but I did negotiate the closing costs. Um, that was five, you know, which was, me. you know, cause we, you know, I, I can't exactly remember what was, what, what needed to be fixed, but you know, cause I'm going through those couple Cost times money, week, I don't care. You know, yeah, there was a handful of things that <laughs> needed to be fixed and addressed. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, the, we ended up, they, they wanted the house sold. So, you know, it was basically that or, or, you know, they, they fix it for you or we walk and, um, you know, they ended the up fixing it. So, um, it ended up working out great. You got like five grand in closing costs and then, and then, you know, Aaron helping out with the down payment assistance and, you know, and us just finding the house and, you know, and, and you being happy with it. And I mean, it ended up working out. It's in a great area, you know, great location. I mean, very central. I mean, I love Afton, you know, it's yeah. a, it's a great spot. I, you know, I've bought several houses in Afton. Uh, my first house that I flipped was in Afton. And then my last primary residence that we lived was in Afton that we still own as a rental right now. I think one of the things that you also taught me from a session where we were doing content together, because you, you, you wouldn't believe it, but I actually do kind of like pick up on the stuff that we talk about and I keep it internally. I'm sure. Yeah. But one of the other details about this house that for anyone who's listening, who probably wants to get into real estate, because 
I co-sign what you said. It's one of the only things I want to invest in long-term because it's a hard asset. And the price mm-hmm. of it's only going up. And also just owning property is way better than property owning. Right. But there's another thing you taught me that I think also really worked in our favor. And that's that this house had been on the market for about 30 days. And I think a lot of people, when they see the shiny new thing, the new car, well, you're not, it's one of the worst investments you can make is a brand new car. That house was just built. Okay. But like, is that the best option for you right now? It was kind of waiting for a deal. hundred percent. And when it don't just buy something because it's something buy it cheap. Like when markets go down, that's when the smart investors go and buy. But when it comes to finding a good deal in real estate, what are the qualities that you think are most important in that process? Man, the easiest one, well, you're, you know, a couple, but I, I would say, you know, what you said there and what we did with you was what the first thing that I'd recommend to anybody. And that's, you know, buying that, looking for the house that is shiny, fixed up, ready to go, you know, that seems to be priced a little bit lower than it should. It's in the, you know, the perfect neighborhood. Um, you know, the staging looks perfect. Generally, those those are the houses that sell, you know, first weekend on the market, and they usually sell for more than what they're asking. Um, so I always advise my clients that, you know, if, if things make it past, you know, that first week or two, that's when, you know, if you really, are, if, if your whole thing is you want to get a deal, you know, because I have plenty of clients that want to buy those brand new shiny houses. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough road because we're, you know, we're, we're having to write these ridiculous offers that, you know, at least the last few years. And it's been, you know, it's hard, it's hard to get one under contract, but the, uh, no, it's all good. All good. Um, it's hard to get one under contract, but if you're, if you're willing to wait, and, and, and like, let that house sit on the market for two, three weeks. If, if, it, if it is sitting there, um, then that's, that's when sellers start to get a little bit nervous and they, you know, are more willing to, you know, give you, give you things or, or sack, you know, concessions. You know com- concessions and back down on the price or be willing to do repairs or, you know, all these other things. It's just in, in that first weekend when there's 10 other offers, you know, you've got no buying power. You're, you know, the seller has all the power there. So, you know, if you're wanting to get a deal, you know, if that's your whole thing, then, and like, I always say, look in the clearance section, which is the houses that have been on the market for like, you know, over two weeks, typically. Well, I, I shouldn't say clearance section over two weeks. Let's say 30 days or more. And this house has been on the market for 30 days. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it because they're like, hey, it's got a new roof, new windows, new hardwood floors. I think in terms of what was, I guess, attractive to a buyer, the road it's on and maybe the the front yard. Yeah, I would say, you know, the fact that you're kind of on a main road, you know, that would be the one, the the, the thing. And I think they started out, I can't remember, I think they started out a little bit higher, uh, higher on the price and then they drop it. I think it had been dropped probably about ten grand over. Yeah, time. yeah, and so and then, man, like even like ten grand like that can really hurt you, you yep. know, because like I, you know, you really need to be careful what price you list your house for, because you see, you know, I know we've made videos about this in the past, but um, you know, you'll see the houses that, you know, you got to really pay attention to what a house was listed for. If you know when you whenever you're whenever you're comparing and you're like looking at comps, because you need to pay attention to the list price versus the sold price because a lot of houses or a lot of people, you know, see that the house down the street sold for, you know, two twenty five, but 
they don't they don't look that it was listed at 200 mm. so you know so it was listed at 200 but there were so many people interested in it that it got bid up to 225 they see the patriots win the <clears> super bowl <throat> but they don't see the play where they were down the bill belichick had to write him out of it and tom brady had to throw the ball exactly so yeah they you know so that's that's super important and i think that gets um really you know neglected uh, by by people, especially like I know, I think we made a video on that recently, where there was a uh, a fizbo or a, a for sale by owner that um, <laughs> that's you know what we call that um, for sale time. by owner, and uh, it was over in Maplewood, and um, you know it had been on the market for like thirty days, and the house was listed originally at like three hundred k, but if you looked at the comps, like I think all this all the things that sold, like everything was like listed at like. 250, 260, 270, and then, you know, there were some of those did get bidded up to over 300, and that's why I guess this guy listed his at 300, and then it sat for, like, a month, and, you know, and then they, they dro- he dropped the price, and we, we hit him with a low ball, and, you know, ended up getting, you know, another couple grand off, and then he ended up doing some repairs for us, and, you know, we had all the power, so, it, you know, it ended up being a great deal. The house ended up appraising 10 grand more than what they my, my clients bought it for. So they basically walked in with like 10 grand of equity, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fire. So yeah, that's, you got to really pay attention to that. Yeah. And again, it's just another nod to your skills and to your capabilities in this industry. And it's why I have no problem. It's one of the things I love about working with you is that I hope to increase the narrative around you and the story around you is that this is someone who cares about the result that they bring to their client. This isn't about him. You've talked about uh, agents in the past who have like commission breath. And I think that's the number one way to shoot yourself in the foot in sales, which even in the case of that person selling that house, it's like, okay, sure. You want to match what you think the market is, but be honest with yourself. Who has that kind of money right now? You may not know. All I know is this. If things look cheaper from a distance, someone will be more apt to buy it. So you're just going to meet that price well, that's going to cost you money in the long run. Just like how you treating people like transactions is only going to cost you money in the long run. And it's a very real reality of business in any way that you're going to compete, that losing is an option. What do you think the number one thing people in your industry could do? This could be professionals and it could also be customers. How do they mitigate losses? How do they lose less in real estate? Hmm. How do you lose less? Well, I mean, so if you're, if depending on you know which way you're looking at this from, if you're looking at it from an agent perspective, or if you're looking at it for for like an investor perspective, which you know I, I would consider myself you know both of those things. You know, I am a full time agent, but I do you know invest. I've, like as you mentioned earlier, I've got a you know small rental portfolio that I'm hoping to grow over the next couple of years. Um, but you know, mitigate loss is you know, the best advice I think I could give anybody looking to get started is, you know, really find a good, good mentor, someone that, you know, will really like take you under their wing, really show you the way, you know, and not lead you astray. You know, um, you know, I I have a lot of people to thank in my life for that. I've had some really, really great mentors that, um, you know, really, really helped me. You know, I've been, I've been paying for real estate coaching pretty much since day one. Mm. Like I've always had a coach and I, and I would definitely attribute a lot of my, you know, success, I I guess you could say, um, to, to having coaching and having people like in my corner that like, if I don't know what to do, like I got, you know, handful of people that I can go to that have answers. When it comes to media, you ask me questions every day. Oh, a hundred percent. I know I'm, you're only as good as the people, you know, 
that you surround yourself with. So like, you know, you, you know, you know, so many people that I have in my life that are, that are just great people that, you know, enhance my life. There's especially over like the last year, I feel like I've really gotten to know some really, really awesome people. And, uh, you know, it's only, it's only made me better as a person. And, uh, you know, that, that, you know, cheesy saying of, you know, you're the average of the people that you, you know, spend the most time with, you know, I don't totally think that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, like the more people you surround yourself with that are great, like that's the only, you know, you it's only going to benefit you, you yeah. know, whether that's, you know, like you know, real estate, jujitsu, fitness, whatever it is, like, you know, if you, if you get around, you know, the fucking bad motherfuckers, you know, you'll eventually be one. You know? Yeah. You know, a lot of those people. For sure. hundred percent. Do you think that having a mentor is the right answer for consumers too? Or is it just having a good agent or is it? Um, yeah. Well, if you're, if you're a consumer, like if you're just looking to buy, you know, just finding a good agent, you know, like, you know, if you want to use me. That'd be great. Shameless uh, plug. Shameless plug. But I, I mean, I'm there's I'm not the only person in the world that can do this. That's for sure. There's a ton of ton of ton of great agents out there. Um, you know, I would just do your homework. You know, don't just you know do some homework on the person before you like really commit to that being your agent. You know, like really, you know, you can shop around a little bit. You don't have to work with the first person you talk to. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's okay. I mean, a lot of people do. You know, and and that's fine. But. Um, you know, do your homework, make sure that that's, that person's qualified and they've done, you know, a good amount of business. You know, I mean, if, you know, you are working with someone brand new, make sure that they've got someone great in their corner. You know, like when I was brand new, like, you know, we were always sold as, as the team, you know, it's like, you know, me and my business partner, Alex, you know, you know, that's kind of how we always worked it, even though Alex was totally the fucking ringleader and I'm just, you know, figuring it out as I go. And that's okay. You know, you definitely, there's a little bit of, you know, fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, definitely. But, you know, I think, I think that's with anything, you know, you got to learn, you got to take your lumps, you got to figure things out as you go. Um, and, you know, things will always, you, I mean, if you continue moving in that direction, you're only going to figure it out. Yeah. Like we're flowing. How long are we going? Forty-two. Sick. Yeah. No, and dude, that's that's, <clears throat> that's the fun of it. Like this little piece will get chopped out. So yeah. No, that is the fun of it. You find like a topic, and this is why it's so much better to have two people, not just my dumbass. For sure, hundred <laughs> percent. I would have a hard time with that for sure. I think. This will be a lot more. Especially, like, the editing part, too. You just get tired of hearing your own voice, I'm yeah. sure. This actually gives me something different to look at and someone to talk to. For sure. That's awesome. So, I think being able to... I mean, no, I definitely agree with you that keeping good people around is so important. And that's what's that's what I've loved so much about working with you is that, you know, I was able to impact your business and you were able to put me into a house and I was treated very, very well. It's why I referred my best friend to you. I was like, hey, this is the guy and she was like, you know, I'm working with a real estate agent. I really like her. But the thing was I noticed is that this real estate agent never had, like, answers to her questions or never fixed her problems and never really moved in the way she needed to. And I was like, I asked Zach to see a house on Tuesday, and by Wednesday we had a meeting as early as I wanted it. And it's very important to me that when I refer someone to someone, that's my credibility on the line. And you, you did an amazing job. She loved her house. I love my house. And when it comes to, like, the people, like, who do you look to for guidance, like, at, like, that top level? 
Like, I only know so many people in the top levels of real estate. I mean, you could be like, oh, you know, Donald Trump's top level of sure. real estate. Um, but then I also know people like Brandon Turner and, mm-hmm. you know, guys of that nature. When it comes to, like, the guys who you look to, who have that big platform, who you think are just spitting facts, who are those people for you? Um, there's a couple guys that I really, really like. Um, one of them that I, you know, I still f- do a lot of his, you know, f- I follow his stuff like religiously is Ricky Carruth. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, he's like the number, he's like the number one agent in Alabama for like a number of years. And I think he's kind of, he's backed off of production and just does like the, co- does, does like coaching and stuff now, but he's got, he puts out, he, I think he does like his whole thing, you know, was like three reels a day, you know, like is what he was telling his people to do, which I thought was a bit excessive. Hey, we can do that. Oh, bro. But I was like, that's a little bit excessive. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, he's he's fucking awesome, dude. He uh, he really, really puts out a lot of good like coaching stuff for agents specifically, like agent, like real estate agents. He's a, he's like. You know, if you're just getting started, man, like that's what I, and I still watch his stuff. Like if I'm ever not feeling motivated to do anything, I'll like throw on one of his videos and like within minutes, I'm like, all right, let's fucking do this. Let's make these calls. Let's, you know, let's go do this. Like the, you know, it's, it's all positive all the time. That's what I really, really like about Ricky. Um, so Rick, Ricky Caruso one, um, kind of on the investing side of things, but he's also like a really qualified agent is, uh, David Green. I really, really like a lot of the stuff he says. Um, he's the host of the Bigger Pockets podcast. Um, you know, he's, you know, over the last year, I think he became the host. And um, but his content that he puts out is really, really good. Um, I know he's he's kind of gained a following over like the last few months. I've noticed, and uh, so I think he finally hired someone to do his con, or you know, has someone producing his content daily, and it looks really good. And I think he's definitely increased. I you know what you know it just over the last couple of months it looks like his stuff's gotten a lot better and uh i think his following represents that and he's i mean he's folks he's the host of the biggest real estate podcast in the world so yeah. i mean that's it's not they like he's churn out that, content oh well yeah they're and they're and they're like they're, their stuff's great you know i don't listen to i mean i try to listen to every episode i can but i, I definitely don't i'm not as current on that one as i used to be mm-hmm. um that one's a really good one i think grant cardone is a great uh influencer i, I like look to a lot of his stuff, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say I follow him as, as hard or as religiously as the other two. Um, I'm trying to think who else. There's a lot of like influencer people out there that I really like. Um, you know, they're kind of smaller too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are agents too. And I follow, I mean, obviously I follow a ton of real estate people on my social media. I mean, that's what like half of my shit is. It's either that or people choking each other. Um, very broad jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> But yeah, that's those are the people I like. So Ricky, David Green, and Grant, I would say would be like my top three. Yeah, I, out of all those guys, I, I know Grant Cardone, and I've, I've watched a lot of his content. He definitely says some good stuff. Sometimes his personality isn't really for me, uh-huh. but you know, I also I'm, oh another one, Sam at Fra- I think I mentioned him to you earlier. Sam at Faster Freedom, he's yeah. got a really good. Uh, or uh, you know, Faster House is a local company here in town. They've got you know. They do a number of stuff, but he's like the CEO of that, or I don't know exactly what his role is. I think he's like the guy who started it or some something within there. And But he's got a great following and a great uh, great social media. He's a good follow, too. Sure. And, I mean, with all these guys, I mean, okay, so like Grant Cardone, for example, branding is everything. Mm-hmm. His, his personality, it, it's, I can tell that it's genuine, but obviously you are the conversation people have about you. 
That's a very important thing. It's it's the it's as far as I understand marketing and branding, and technically it is the industry that I work in, so I, I should know something. If I wanted to simplify it to a listener, what is marketing? What is branding? It is your reputation. Is what people say about you. It's the story that they say about you. And that's ultimately what this podcast seeks to do: is to give you a platform to tell your story. And I think some of the bigger questions that get asked will be like this one, which is when you think about what makes you different as a real estate agent, what do you think that is? What do you think the number one thing that makes Zach different as a real estate agent? Oh man. Um, well, you know, I've, I've got a, I've got a great network of people behind me. Um, you know, it's not just me. I've got my, my transaction coordinator who helps me a ton. I've got my VA who I've been with for a number of years. Um, you know, I, I really do generally care about the people that I work with. I think that's extremely important. Um, you know, I really give a shit. I really look at all your options. Um, like for example, I, I've got this, you know, I've got this one client. I started working with him probably the beginning of this year. And, uh, and he, you know, we probably looked at 30 houses and, and the guy, you know, hadn't written an offer yet. Or, you know, we just looked at quite a few houses, which 30, 30 is a lot. That's getting up there. Um, you know, I always tell people like my sweet spots, you know, eight to 12. I think we got six. You know, eight to 12 is kind of usually my sweet spot. It's kind of feel like if I had to pick like an average for the amount of houses I show per client, I would say like eight to 12 is kind of that. Um, you know, so he's like, you know, we've probably shown, I probably shown 25 to 30 houses. And, uh, but anyway, I, I came across an opportunity. He, he was kind of wanting something that he could fix up, but live in. And uh, I ended up finding something off market for him. And we found this great duplex and, um, you know, he's under contract to buy it right now. We got our inspection scheduled here soon. And, you know, I think it's going to be a, a great opportunity for him. Um, you know, I, I've got, I come across things like that all the time. I've got, you know, a lot of off market people, you know, a lot of wholesalers I work with a lot of, I've got, you know, a VA calling for me. I've got, actually I've got two different VAs calling for me, um, which is a virtual assistant. Um, so I, it's, you know, people that are overseas, you know, that we just basically have a strictly kind of virtual relationship. And, you know, she, but my one, my one gal, Burn, she's awesome, Bernadette. Um, but, you know, we call her Burn, and uh, she's awesome. She's been, you know, I think I've been with her for like the last two years. And she, uh, you know, she helps me out with a ton of admin work. And, you know, she does a lot of calling for me. Like she'll call neighborhoods. And, you know, like, for example, like, you know, if I have a, if I'm, I'm doing an open house this weekend at my listing in St. Charles, She's going to call the neighborhood and say like, hey, you know, house at 1216 North 5th Street is having an open house on Sunday from 1 to 3. If you know anybody looking to move into the neighborhood, you know, first opportunity for them to, uh, you know, for you to pick your neighbor and uh, you know, wow. tell them to come by. You know, she'll like basically do that and or, you know, I'll record I'll record myself saying that. And if a person doesn't answer, she'll like she can hit a record and it'll drop the voicemail. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we do that a lot. Um, but you know, that's just one thing that, you know, when I first got started, I was the one doing those phone calls. I was the one making all those calls, but now I'm kind of my business to a, is, you know, to a point where I can hire someone to do that for me. And, you know, cause I'm, you know, busy doing other things. Yeah. Um, I kind of forgot what the question was. <laughs> what makes you different? Oh yeah. Um, so, you know, I've got, you know, people like that. I've got, you know, I've got a great source of off market deals, which I think I already mentioned. Um, I genuinely care. Um, I recently just joined a new brokerage, which I'm excited about. Um, you know, I'm going to be starting a team here this coming year, which is going to be a, a new um, new venture for me. I've got a, a buddy of mine who just got his license and uh, kind of wants me to 
kind of mentor him and take him under my wing. And, uh, so we're going to be doing that here at, at, at my new broker, the new brokerage I joined. And, um, you know, we're going to be, I'm going to be releasing the, the name and, and, uh, our logo here soon. I got my buddy, um, he's a graphic designer making a, making a sweet logo that I'm very excited about. Is it Pat? Yeah. Pat. <laughs> shout yeah. Out Pat. Yep. Shout out to Pat. Um, Pat's making me a logo. I'm super pumped about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, you know, he actually joined jujitsu. He's been, uh, he's been doing really well. Um, he's in my class last night. He's like, yeah, I got like three or four options that I'm really excited to show you. I'm like, fuck yeah. That's awesome. Um, so I'm excited to see those, but yeah, I'm going to be uh, starting a team this year, which will be really cool. I might sell a house with you or two. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, you're working on getting your license too. And we're going to, you know, we're going to do the stamp thing. You know, I want to build a fucking empire, you know? <laughs> I think that's awesome. And I got a couple more questions for you. But this one, I think you can't ignore the importance of the grind. Even though you're not doing the calls yourself anymore, you go to how many showings a day? Oh man, it depends, you know, like, I mean, there's some days where I'll show, you know, anywhere from, you know, five to eight houses, but then, you know, like today I didn't show any houses. Um, you know, it's just kind of a random, you know, what is today? Wednesday. Um, well, I, you know, I, I was supposed to go look at one, but I told them we're going to reschedule to tomorrow, but you know, on average, I probably look at, you know, I probably walk into one to two houses a day on average, you know, whether that's me looking for myself Mm -hmm. or whether that's me looking for a client or whether that's me like with with a client. But between showing, going into, but between going into houses, phone calls, driving, going to the the title office, all the different things you do in a day, you still have the grind. But when it comes to that person who's in the early stages of being in sales, whether it's real estate or otherwise, the thing I noticed that most new people in any industry try to ignore is the dirty work. Mm-hmm. It's it's the knocking on doors. It's the cold calling people. It's the email lists. It's the touches. Speak to the importance of just how essential that is to pay those dues in the beginning. Oh, man, it's so important. You know, like one thing that, you know, the guy that I'm bringing on, you know, first thing, um, you know, I did with Alex that was so huge for me, you know, when I was first getting started is, you know, I was fortunate enough, like we, me and my wife had just gotten married. Um, probably, let me think we, I got my license in September of 2019 and we got married in July. So, you know, you know, six months later I had a lit, you know, I still, since I had a list of like all my family and friends that I invited to the wedding. So mm-hmm. I just grabbed that list, called every single person on that list. Like, Hey, you know, I just wanted to let you know, like, I'm not sure if you saw on Facebook, but, you know, I recently got my real estate license. Oh, that's great, Zach. You know, and then, you know, like, hey, so I actually started working with a coach and, um, you know, my, his advice for me, uh, or, you know, my, my homework for today was to call five people um, that I, you know, that I haven't talked to in a while and ask, ask, ask them for a favor. Would you do a favor for me? You know, could, could you, you know, would you do a favor for me? And of course, you know, it's family, friends. They, of course they say, yes. Would you keep your eyes and ears open for anybody that you know, like looking to buy, sell or invest in real estate Yep. and, you know, and share my name with them. Yep. And I did that. You know, I think I called like 300 people and that ended up paying off for me really, really well. Um, you know, it's just like letting people know. And like, those were like, I was very, like, even me calling, it's like almost worse calling people that you know, or like people that you're kind of friends with already. Cause you like, you don't want to be salesy, you know? 
And, uh, and so like that was even worse because it's like, you don't really care if a stranger tells you to like, you like irritate a stranger, you know, cause yeah. like, you're just like, fuck it. I don't even know that guy. Like, <laughs> um, you know, you know, we weren't, you know, but like, you're afraid that, you know, I don't want to like come off salesy to my like, you know, college fraternity brother, you know, like yeah. that I was boys with. And we used to, you know, like, I don't want him to think that like, I'm just trying to make this a, but at the same time, you're like, why would he think that? You know, it's just, you're just making up excuses to yourself and you just need to get out there and put yourself out there. Cause I mean, that's the best advice that I can give to anybody looking to get started in this industry is like, you really like, you need to advertise yourself and yeah. you need, like I was, my, my coach told me a few years ago and this is a line that's always stuck to me. He's like, you are a marketing company that sells real estate. Yep. You're a marketing company. Everything is marketing. hundred percent. And that's why like, you know, this, this year is why, you know, I, you know, it's been so crucial. I like, you know, working with you and, you know, investing into my business this way. And like, I mean, it's, it's leveled up my business exponentially and, and I, and dude, I'll be honest. I just enjoy it. Yeah. I, I really do. It's fun. You know? I had asked at the beginning of the show, what keeps you in your industry? And like, I can tell that you love what you do. I do. I really generally love like real estate. Like, I mean, there are days where, it, you know, it's you've just like anything else. You have good days and bad days with everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not like super pumped about everything I have to do all the time, but Breach. man, like compared to the shit that I've done in the past and like, you know, fuck, I used to, you know, do manual labor, you know, like there was like when I was working at that electric company, you know, I was like, I said, I was like, you know, I was telling you earlier, kind of like I was low, t- low man on the totem pole, you know, if they needed someone to go dig a trench, like they were calling the warehouse boys and we were over there digging or, you know, I've done that kind of shitty work. I, <laughs> I just realized early on, I mean, there's people out there that we need that, we need that done, obviously. Yeah. And I just realized that that's not what I wanted to do um, or, you know, I could figure out a different way to make a living and, um, it's just, that's a tough way to, tough way to do it. Um, you know, we're backbreaking, especially with like all the shit I like to do extracurricularly, like jujitsu and CrossFit, which as you, already, as you wear your jujitsu academies hoodie, yeah, my CrossFit Academy hat <laughs> or my CrossFit gym hat, man is yeah. a certified glutton for punishment. I've filmed, I've filmed <laughs> it many a times. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. These are, uh, you know, two of my favorite yeah. places. That's for sure. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, getting started, you know, you just really just need to, to really commit to marketing yourself and being a, you know, being a marketing company that sells real estate and really going out, you just need to go out of your way to let people know what you do and, uh, you know, really put yourself out there. You know, advice that I'd give to anybody that's, you know, getting started in this and it's, you know, it's practically, it's a free way of marketing is, you know, your social media, you know, you don't need to, you know, you can start off small doing your videos just with your phone, you know, and eventually, you know, whenever you, you know, it starts paying off for you or you can afford it within your budget. You hire a guy like like this guy over here and he'll really take it to the next level. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hiring you has saved me so much time. Um, you know, like I remember, you know, because I was doing my own kind of like talking heads for a while and mm-hmm. having, you know, like it would take me an hour to make a 30 second video, whether, you know, that's a combination of me, you know, setting my little ring light up and recording (laughs) it and fucking up and, and like, and then cutting it all together and putting the captions on it and like then making the caption and making all the shit when it's just, 
you, so much easier that you and I get together, you know, once or twice a week. You hit me, who's a copywriting machine, and I like, yeah. you'd be like, write this caption for me 30 seconds later, done. Yeah. And you're just like, what the fuck? For sure. I don't get it. Like, I, I'll spend, like, the caption part is the part I probably struggle with the most. It's, and, bro. You know, like, I, and I like sometimes, like, you'll, you'll send me one and I'll, like, oh, this is a great, like, and I, and I, like, take it and edit it a little bit to, like, sound more like something I would say, but, like, it's a, identical it's like a perfect scaffolding like mm-hmm. you know and but i mean there have been times where your your shit just is, is perfect you know i just like all right well I, that sounds awesome i was like that's way better than i would i would have said it i i have to again co-sign what you said because in the beginning i had one client that wasn't you but you and i had just started talking about it because mm-hmm. i had expressed to you that i was tired of doing the kind of work that i was doing not because i didn't love the company i was working for because i did love the company i just didn't want to be in the spot that i was currently in and i was Kind of like, okay, well, I like sales. I like helping people. Here's someone who has helped me out a lot. I was like, let's see how this works. And then I took the plunge and just kind of bet on myself and went full-time in my business. I'm like, hey, dude, you still want me to make those videos for you? And our early work has come so far. Oh, bro, I know. I went back and watched some of them recently. (sighs) We need to redo some of them. We're going to redo everything. Yeah. Starting with a lot of this content from today. Well, I went back and even like looked at some of my... Uh, my my talking heads that I did, and I was like, "Oh, this is like a great premise," but like I think I could do we could do it so yes. much better now. Yes, you know, yes. and uh, you know, like I, the idea is there, and it's like I, I've got a good scaffolding for, you know, like a good idea here, but like we can mm. totally improve on it. I think. I think the thing that I really have to like highlight though is like the fear of being salesy, and to me, being salesy is like a combination of four deficits. Number one, you don't know your product or service. You understand real estate really well. And typically, whenever it comes to media, I know marketing better than most people. I know technical proficiency better than pretty much any of my clients. Like, that's never going to be a question. So I know what I'm talking about. You know what you're talking about. Number two, you pass the BS test as far as, like, having genuine intent as far as caring about the other person. I don't want to sell you to make money. Okay? I want to help you. And I understand that I only get to do that. If I gain your trust and I actually fix your problems, you've fixed every problem in my life. As far as media, I think I've created a few, but I have definitely fixed most of the problems. But I think the last thing here is number three. It's the second to last thing. Know how to close. Most people just leave everything open and they don't know how to say, look, if this is the way you need to go, then this is the best option for you. Let's get it done. Instead, they're afraid to actually like help somebody. So they just keep bouncing around actually helping them. They self-sabotage. The last thing, though, is like keeping in contact with your people. Building a relationship is not a transactional thing. I remember you telling me when you sold me this house, you're like, if stuff needs to get done, I have contractors for you. If you need help moving in, I will be there to help you move in. And if you have problems in the future, you should call me because this has my credibility on it. But our relationship, this is a big tether to our relationship. If you were in sales and you are not staying, if you were in sales and you are not staying in contact with your people, you are costing yourself. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. You got to check in on people. So that was my little harangue on not to be salesy. And I think it served me pretty well. Oh yeah. I think it served. Sure. I think you could co-sign Dude, most of those oh, things. I can co-sign everything you just said. Um, yeah. The follow-up is so, so key, man. Cause it's like, 
you know, you know, even to this day, I mean, like I, you have to, I mean, it's a constant, it's a constant thing is the follow up. You know, I've got a, I've got a list of people, you know, first of all, I've got, you know, I was, as you, as you mentioned earlier, I, I think on the, it was on the podcast or I can't remember if it was before the show, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I've probably done about 140 transactions in my career and, uh, you know, I've, that's a ton, that's a ton of people like to kind of maintain that, you know, so like that's a pretty strategic way to you know be following up with people you know the the handwritten notes the christmas cards the you know the the little pop buys on holidays and the you know there's so many different just phone calls and texts happy telling people happy birthday all these little things you just got to remind them that you know that you're there and you're there for them and just checking in with your people you know you never want to be annoying you know like they don't want you reach you know i wouldn't advise anybody to be like following up with their past clients like once a week i feel like that's a little bit excessive but Mm -hmm. like checking in on them once a quarter is great you know i think that's perfect and uh man but everything in 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 real estate for me has been in the follow-up you know and like cat you know just just keeping keeping notes on on the conversations you have super important too Mm -hmm. you know because it's like yeah i've got a ton of numbers saved in that phone but like i and and i'm very i always try to like like I always try to like write down like in the like the company line. I'll write down like Memo. something we talked about. Like yeah, I'll just like interested seller. You know, looking to buy, you know looking to sell property in the next two years in Bevo Mill or something. You know, it'll mm-hmm. I'll like so that I make sure that I remember because like once I get that cue, I can kind of like remember. Oh yeah, I remember her. Yeah, that she's it's her. You know, it's her grandma's house and grandma's sick. So you know they might need to be getting rid of the house in the next couple of years. You know, kind of yeah. you just remember shit like that. No, I so yeah, you just gotta you gotta follow up, man. It's so important in 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 any aspect of sales, but real estate specifically. I mean, just because that's what I know. Um, you know, it's, I can think of so many t- opportunities that you know, presented themselves because I followed up with the person. No, I mean, dude, you followed up to me. And like, the cool thing was, is that because you were my friend, I knew that the follow-up was genuine. I knew it was someone I wanted to hear from. And we were hanging out. You would come to first form events, S2 events. And I was excited to see you because I was like, this guy is going to take care of me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do business with Zach and look over my shoulder and be like, yo, I shouldn't have fucking done that. Mm -hmm. I should have found someone else. Like, it was also because the cosign of Cody because Cody is dad to me. And the guy has taught, the guy taught me most of what I know about sales one-on-one. The level of person you are speaks to a lot of people's credibility. And I think with this final question, it is kind of the summation of like your character and your reputation and what your brand will ultimately be. And my question is for you, when you think big picture, when you think end game, what do you want to have achieved and what do you want people to what do you want the story to be about you? Oh man, that's tough. I feel like I, that changes all the time, but, um, as of right now, I would love to, you know, grow, you know, grow a very successful real estate team here in town. Um, you know, to be, you know, one of the top teams in St. Louis, I think that would be really cool, um, to be up there, you know, in the amount of volume. And when I say volume, I mean like, total like numbers or total number of like dollars sold, you know? So like, you know, and, you know, for example, like this year, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to close out the year at about 12 million. And, uh, you know, I would love to be getting to a point where my team was doing like 50, you know, or a hundred or something like something crazy. Like that would be, that'd be a huge, huge mile marker. I think if I could, if I could get the team to that point, um, personally, I would love to, I really want to grow my, my own personal rental portfolio, 
um, be able to retire my wife, um, which mm. we've talked about this coming year. I don't know if, if we're going to really do it or not. Shout out Gina. <sighs> yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if she's ready to leave work yet. I don't know. We talk, we go back and forth on it. Um, so I would really love to continue to build a rental portfolio and, uh, you know, just become a more, you know, savvy investor. Um, you know, cause I think if I, make myself a better, you know, more, a better, you know, real estate investor is only going to benefit my clients and, you know, make me more successful, you know, in just the realm of real estate, um, you know, cause don't get me wrong. Like I love, love selling houses and I love being a realtor, but you know, selling 50 houses a year for the next 20 years sounds exhausting. Yeah. So, um, you know, at some point, and that's going to be part of, you know, building the team as well, mm-hmm. you know, that I can build people around me that are, you know, doing more of the, you know, the day-to-day stuff, and I can kind of be more of a manager on the outside. Um, you know, it'll free up more time with my family. And um, just because over the last year, you know, having, you know, having a year-and-a-half-old baby at home, you know, kid at home and another one on the way, we've, uh, you know, it's only going to get, you know, my time's only going to get more uh, valuable. And, and, you know, I'm only going to have so much time to dedicate to work and real estate if I want to be into their lives, and which I do. So, um, you know, that's going to be a priority of mine, you know, especially building that rental portfolio so that, you know, if we have a bad month in sales or, you know, that's always kind of been my plan that, you know, Hey, you know, that's why I want to have rentals with, you know, income coming in every month, because, you know, if I have, if we ever have a slow month or something, you know, like, you know, I've got that money coming in and mm-hmm. no bills are paid and, you know, not that, you know, if, you know, knock on wood, it's haven't had any slow months in a while, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been good. So, um, but yeah, I would say that's building the team, building my own portfolio. Um, you know, personally I would love, you know, I want to get a black belt in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, me and my best friend, Nick, we've always talked about, you know, possibly, you know, opening up a school one day, um, together you know that's something we've always you know kind of dreamed about that i would love to do with him um you know we started training jujitsu together at the same time um a couple weeks apart from each other about five years ago and uh yeah you know we've just become great friends and um you know it's something we've we've kind of leveled up together as we've as we've done you know gone through this journey and so that's something i would love to you know, do one day, that'd be a kind of a whole new type of business. But, you know, I, I think, you know, in building, building more businesses, I mean, that would be really cool to, you know, eventually, you know, help be in a financial position where I could invest in, you know, help people start businesses and, and, and get into, you know, kind of the private money kind of type game, um, which would be really cool eventually. Um, you know, so those are, those are some goals I have. If you had to think of a phrase or a statement you want people to, kind of sing of your story like what, what would the phrase or the motto be the thing that said like you know when i think about what i want my story to be is that he inspired a lot of average people to do incredible things what do you think yours would be oh man i wish you would have prepared me for this <laughs> it could be, it's really what speaks um, to you though. yeah um man i just uh i would love you know i i you know a lot of people have always said i'm a very hard worker um so, and that's something I think I've taken that I, that I have a lot of pride in. Um, so, you know, man, just like as long as people, you know, know that I care about them and that I work really hard, that's all I really care about. Um, you know, especially since having a, having a kid, you know, I've, I've become way, way more like self, like selfless, I think was the right way to use that word. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, 
you know, really just kind of realize it's not just about me anymore, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would just like to be a just known as a person that works works really hard and cares about the people he loves, you know. Well, before we get out of here, uh, first thing is a tradition from the old show that I will carry over to this show. Ask me any question you want. Any one thing. Mm. What have I always wanted to ask you that I've never asked you? Before? I feel like you ask me questions every day. All the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, where? I don't know, man. Uh, anything business related? Business related? Or media um, related or anything? Okay. Um, media related. Um, what do you think about me doing my own podcast? I think you are someone who has something to talk about that you're authoritative in. And as far as passing the personality test, you are someone who should do it. I, I've long been critical. I think I said this at the beginning intro segment was like, I have long been critical of the podcast industry because so many burnouts in their mom's basements are like, oh, we're just going to sit around and talk about life. But these people typically don't have life experiences and they don't have experience in anything. You are someone who doesn't hit that nerve with me. You are someone who, when it comes to real estate, I feel like we could talk about real estate every day because it is something that I'm going to have a hand in. You are the person I trust for that. The other thing is, is that you like the art form Podcasting isn't complicated. Mm-mm. Having interesting things to talk about with interesting people to talk about them with can be the problem. But podcasting is still a service that fixes people's problems. You educate people, you entertain people, you inspire people. If someone didn't pick something apart from our podcast today, well, they aren't listening close enough. I think it is definitely something you should do. It is something It is something that I would be happy to help you with. And regardless of how invested I am in it or not, I think that you could turn it into something that would even would surprise even yourself. I know this because I've seen you hustle. I've seen you grind. I've seen you father your kid. I've seen you be a husband to your wife. You have the personality, the experience, and the help to do it. Yeah, that's for sure. So if, if what I finish off this episode by doing is telling someone, hey, you should go do this, and you go do it, and guys, you got to go listen to Zach's podcast. That's all. If you want to learn a lot about real estate, especially about St. Louis real estate, if you probably want to learn what it's like to balance being a, a jujitsu assassin as well as an awesome father and husband, like this is going to be the guy. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Where can people find you? And do you have anything you want to plug? Um, yeah. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at uh, Zach, Z-A-C-H underscore Fagus, F-A-G-A-S on Instagram. Um, Zach Fagus on on uh, Facebook, and uh, I also have a Facebook business page, Zach Vegas, powered by Keller Williams Realty. But that's going to be changing here soon once I uh, get my mighty logo and announce uh, the official launch of the team um, here soon. So, yeah. well, buddy, thank you for coming on to our inaugural episode. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Well, buddy, thank you for coming to our inaugural episode. I just had to do a double take; that was trash. <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate your friendship, guys. If you need a real estate agent in the St. Louis area, there is no one I would recommend more than this man. Follow him. Uh, and is, and while you're here, please like the video, leave a comment down below, subscribe. It only takes a second, and it makes a huge difference with all the content we are trying to put out here on the Murphy Wells channel. 
This has been the talk of Murphy Wells. We appreciate you. We're out. Sick. Yeah, what was going on with that? It just it wasn't mounted right, so I'm like, I gotta do shit.